Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, the first to the fifth verse. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as, his, as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bowen, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our examination of David from the book of 1 Samuel. Yeah, it's uh, this series that we've titled David, an unlikely king, an unlikely king. Last week we looked at uh, uh, the battle between David and Goliath, uh, where Pastor Nate did uh, uh, an outstanding job of, of really bringing that battle. If there's any part of the, the David and Goliath story that folks, or the life of David, if there's any aspect of the life of David that, we, that is known more generally, it's the one with, oh yeah, he fought the giant. You know, yeah, yeah, there was, there was this fierce battle that, that went on and, uh, you know, it went back and forth and it was, it was nip and tuck and then, yeah, it's like, well, okay, now you've, now you've betrayed that you really don't know the story. But yeah, there was, there was this guy named Goliath. He was nine feet plus tall and he battled this, this little runt of a guy that was handsome uh, but he was, a, he was a, 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 a teenager more than likely, and uh, they had an exchange. We call it much of a battle. He just put himself out there. David put himself out there, and the battle was the Lord's. Um, as the world would view, so the, the, least, the least likely to battle, and even more the, the, the person you would... You would uh, Think of the least likely to emerge as victorious. I mean, and again, I'm, I, don't, I don't have a horse in the race, but uh, at Men's Fellowship, they were talking about the Steelers and the Eagles, and they were, they were talking about, well, you, you, you know, it's like, well, it wasn't much of a battle, but the team that you expected to win didn't win. And the, and, and the well, we have an Eagles fan. Uh, but the team that you didn't expect to win won, and won in a, in a big way. Um, he was fighting, this guy was fighting someone who was in every respect. He was bigger, he was stronger, he was more capable. He, he had all the, the all, his resume was tight when it came to being a warrior. Um, what's your point? One of my points is, the tools that the world views as the right tools are not what God views. God doesn't need tools, right? He created tools, yeah? So, so, so a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll go and it's like, and it doesn't, it, it, it's not an excuse for either ignorance or the pursuit of excellence, but a lot of time uh, we will use that resume that God has allowed us to accumulate to put forward and say, I know I'm the most qualified for this job. I know I'm the best for this. And God is like, seriously? That's why, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I challenge them because I love them using the praise team as an example. Uh, no matter how gifted our voices are, there are angels that sing better. 
you know? So it, it, it's, it's not a matter of being tonally on point. Be tonally on point. Give God your best. But don't, don't think for a minute. It's like, well, see, God accepted that because, you know what, actually, I sing pretty good. You know, that's, that's why people came to Christ. You know why, they, you know why Goliath died? It's because I'm a good shot with a slingshot. That's why he died. I mean, seriously, it's like, no, no, no. So, so we really have to step out of ourselves to see ourselves as if, if we don't see ourselves in any other capacity, but we're privileged to serve. It's a privilege to serve. David was in a position, he raised his hands, no one else did. He raised his hands, but it was a privilege for him to be able to raise his hand and serve. Um, the 45th verse of the 17th chapter uh, reads, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. The 46th verse reads, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that David is strong and he did it. Nope, 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 that's wrong. That's not what he said. He said the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. The whole point and purpose of our ability to service and to do the things God allows us to do is not to point people to me. Man, didn't you speak, boy? You preached the socks off. Oh, man, you were the man. It's like, no, was God glorified? Did, 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 people, did, did people come running saying, what must I do to be saved? But if it's, if it's about us, then, well, I hope you got your praise. The point is not for David to get his brag on, but in the, as, as we read in the 46th verse, uh, all those gathered here, this is David talking, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. I can say what I can say. I can say it in boldness because I have a resume to back it up. I have experience to back it up. I was, I was tending my sheep, and a bear came, and a lion came. And so who is this person who does not have a covenant? He called them uncircumcised, which what was a reflection of the covenant relationship with, with, with God. Who is this clown who thinks that he can get away with this, this talk? Do you, guys, do you guys not know that we serve a living God? And this guy is making fools out of all of us. Shoot, give me, give, give me, give me some rocks. I'll go nod his kneecap. I'll do, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. You know, we get caught up, you know, we, we press our nose to the tree and we, we get caught up. Well, he had five stones, and what does the five stones represent? And what is the sling? Which are, it's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him out. This, what, the, the point and purpose of the whole story is that this guy's defying God, and I'm going to take him down in the name of the Lord. That's the point of the story. Oh, he was a good shot, and he did this, and it was just, look, look, he said it's like the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. God causes blessings to occur in our lives, not just for us to consume them and to say, wow, wasn't that wonderful, but we can use them to witness to others. How did you get that job? You know I wasn't qualified. That was God. You know, please, it's like, you know, I don't know how they saw my resume and I got the job. I got the call. How'd you get that house? I know your credit. Your credit score is worse than mine. How'd you get that house? It's God. You, you, you got a car and you can't even pay taxi fare. Now, how did you get that? God. I, I, I can't explain it. 
I can't explain it. See, but we're not, you know, well, you know, I was saving, and I was this, and I was doing that, and, you know, boy, I, I, I went to, I went to, nothing wrong with going to St. Mary's College, nothing wrong with going to Sac State, nothing wrong, go to the best that God allows you to go to the best, but if you think for a minute that your degree is going to advance you where God wants you to go, you got another thing coming. Oh, well, you know, see, it, and, you know, I'm an alpha, I'm a kappa. What? People don't love you, don't know you. Don't let me get off on that. How did you beat that disease? I don't know. I don't know. It had to be God. It had to be God. Uh, others uh, had the same disease. They died. Uh, it's like the, 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 the blind guy that Jesus came and, and healed, and uh, he, was, uh, he was just being queried. Who did this? By what authority did they do this? Who was the one that healed you? And the guy just like, look, all I know is I was blind, and now I see. That's all I know. That's, that's all I know. I know. I know that someone with the ability to transform my life came into me, came into my, my, my sphere, and things are different. So the result of all of this, David raising his hand and God giving the victory was everyone asking, who was this young man? As I was, I was writing this, I was thinking, don't ask me why, I was thinking of the Lone Ranger, you know, at the end of the show, they always say, who was that masked man? And he's off, he's on the horse, he's leaning back, oh, Lone, oh, no, just, uh, who was this guy? Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Now, now again, at the point of being extremely redundant, is every week I've made, tried to make this point. The one who God has selected and has been anointed is king. He's been selected and he's been anointed as king. How does he identify himself in, in response to the question, who are you? I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. If my daddy's a servant, that makes me a servant of a servant. I am a servant. I know, I know, I, that, that, that chair is waiting for me. I got anointed. I just, it'll happen when it happens. But you know what? I'm a servant. So my question is, how do we view ourselves? Are we, are we, do we view ourselves as servants or maybe the one that thinks that they should be sitting on the throne? See, if we're not careful, you know, if David, if he had a different perspective, it's like, who are you? You know who I am. I'm the one who's anointed. And as a matter of fact, get up off that throne. You, you, what, what you doing on that seat? Get up. Get up. Get up. Don't you know your days are numbered? It's my time now. None of that. Uh, hmm, you know, uh, Saul, let me tell you something. I've been anointed, and actually I got your job. Uh, so let's, uh, let's have you slide off the throne and let me take over. Um, doesn't do that at all. So we pick up at the first verse of the 18th chapter, and I do promise not to be before you long. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in the spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. The son of the present king, the one of the present person who's sitting on the throne, and the anointed one, 
became BFFs. They, they, they became besties. They became tight. Text doesn't let us know how or why or what, uh, but, a consequence of ha- well, but a consequence of what happened, at least two things. One, uh, a bond was formed between David and Jonathan that would carry on into the future, and we'll deal with that as we go forward, but it started right here. And the second thing was Saul knew a good thing, and he kept him for service. So I'll, I'll at least give Saul that much credit. He saw that this guy was good to have around, and it's like, you're not going back. You're not going anywhere. So as we continue our study, we'll see what the consequence and significance of this is. But, but, but my point is, if I can make one right here, is our obedient faith has consequence that we can't imagine and that the people we will impact and the opportunities we will have starts with obedient faith. All of this starts, everything that's going to happen this, this point forward is the obedient faith of David. Uh, I know, you know, uh, is, is obedient faith saying the same things twice? Well, I know what you mean. It's like, well, if I'm obedient, will I, is that an exercise of faith? And if I have faith, won't I be obedient? Uh, well, I remember this story. There was, uh, my father told it. I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it makes the point. Um, it just makes the point. <laughs> uh, there was a man who was a, a tightrope walker. He was, uh, he was uh, taking a wheelbarrow. You know, you have a tightrope across Niagara Falls, and people have done that. They've walked across Niagara Falls. Well, this guy, he had a wheelbarrow. And he said, uh, and everybody's lined up to see this guy push a wheelbarrow across the tightrope across Niagara Falls. And so people are chattering amongst themselves, saying, I think he can do it. I don't think he can do it. And one guy just said, yeah, I think he can do it. And the guy who's with the wheelbarrow, pushing the wheelbarrow, turned around to him and said, if you think I can do it, get in the wheelbarrow. He didn't get in the wheelbarrow. There's obedience, and then there's faith. Uh, It's one thing to believe that he can do it. It's another thing for me to get in that wheelbarrow and really believe it's going to happen. See, we can talk objectively about faith. Oh, yeah, faith is, 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 is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. But lived out, what does that look like in your life? It looks like me worrying and calling and, 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 and annoying people and like, man, oh, you, you're praying with me? You're praying with me? Uh, 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 you got $10? You got, you know, just, it's like, do you have faith? Do you, uh, do you, do you believe? Do you really believe? Uh, David not only believed, he got in. Um, suffice it to say, too many at least say they believe, but far fewer of us get in the wheelbarrow. Um, so what is it that you may have said that you trust God in, but you have yet to actually hop in the wheelbarrow? Um, be all that you want to be with him. Uh, in your relationship? Are you in the wheelbarrow in your relationship? Are you in the wheelbarrow on your job? Are you in the wheelbarrow with your finances? Are you in the, what are you with your educate your pursuit of education? Are you all in with him? Verse 3. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing, gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. 
now's not the time to really dive deep into what a covenant in covenant is, but it's more than a promise. It's more than a legal agreement. And really, when they say covenant was made, it's actually a covenant was cut. Cut? How do you cut a covenant? Well, if you, you look at Genesis, um, what was that? The, the 15th chapter of Genesis, you'll read about the covenant between God and Abraham. And it, it was a spiritual, literally it was, a, it was a, a spiritual act of sacrifice. And what was happening was uh, God commanded Abraham uh, to, to perform sacrifice, and he cut an animal in half, and he pushed it in so there was a path. And, and there was the, the, the dying, if you will, and there was the, a marching through the middle, and we can unpack that at some later time and what all that means, but what it does mean, it's more than a pinky promise. It, 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 it's more than, oh, I'm your BFF. It's way more than a BFF. It's a covenant. The closest thing that even approximates that, that we can look through is what happens in marriage. And the problem with marriages today is we don't view them as covenants. Those are just conveniences. They're not covenants. Those are conveniences. But that's what, that's what marriage is. It's a covenant. It's, it's a cutting. It's a, it's, it's, so, so if anything ever happened in that relationship, uh, death would occur. Spiritual death. And so this is what's going on between, uh, on a different level, on a horizontal level, what's going on here with uh, Jonathan and David. They have cut a covenant with one another, and that takes in honesty, integrity, loyalty, trust, selflessness, love. What does this type of relationship do? What is this, how does this look lived out? Well, you see it right here in the verse. It causes you to give up everything as a sign of deference. Everything. He stripped himself. He's like, everything that I consider important, all of my power, all of my authority, my tunics, everything, it's like, you're my boy. You're my boy. There's something special going on. I'm not for, for a minute suggesting that you, because we barely have that within our marital relationships, I doubt very seriously that, that outside of our marriages, you've cut a covenant with anybody else. But you may have. And if you have, then you know through that window to look through, and it's like, I know that boy or that gal is there for me. I can call him or her anytime. If I, if I, if I say uh, I'm at the jail, they've hung up and they're already there. They didn't ask, why are you there? How much is it going to cost? Can I come in the morning? And, you know, it's just like, I'm there. I'm, I'm there for you. I'm, I'm there for you. Whatever you need, I'm there. That's what it means to cut a covenant. And that's what we'll see as we go forward when David and Jonathan, when, when you say blood is thicker than water, it's like, not for Jonathan, because he cut that covenant with David. And so then it's going to become some issues with family. That's so why I say, I tell my kids, I tell them, I love my kids, I love my kids. But, but, but as I tell them, family can jack you up. Family can, I, I know, not your family. I'm just talking. That's all I'm talking. I'm just talking. Family can jack you up. It, it, but you, when you marry, you cut that covenant, and you better, you better be down for the person that you walked down the aisle with and said, I do. Because otherwise, you're going to have issues that will spill over into your family that says, I got your back. Yeah, yeah they got your back, all right. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's all I'm doing, all I'm saying. Uh, it causes you to give up everything as a sign of deference. I'm closing, and I promise I really am. Um, 
What was the consequence of David's faithful obedience? Resulting in the victory on the battlefield? Uh, and elevation in a corporate office, right? See? Uh, one, it brought about a relationship he didn't anticipate and didn't even know. And two, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that David gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Favor. Favor. That's all it is. Favor. Favor. Faithful obedience. It started with faithful obedience. David, had a, David was minding his own business. All I'm doing is doing what my father told me to do. I'm tending sheep. I'm doing it. I'm doing it faithfully. I'm obeying what my father told me to do, and I'm faithful about it. You got any other sons? Yeah, the old stinky one, the little one. He's out there watching sheep, but you don't want him. Bring him. That's the king. Oh, Saul's having, he's having, he's having some, 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 some nightmarish things going on. He's tormented. Uh, go get David. Hey, I've heard about this guy. He, he can play a mean harp. He didn't, he's not pushing his resume. He's not saying, me, 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 some, uh, me, 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 see me, see me. Does anybody see me? He's watching sheep. He's watching sheep. He's watching sheep. And God called him elevated him, put him in position of power and authority. And whatever mission Saul sent him on, he was so successful that God gave him high rank in the army. And it pleased everybody that he was around. Didn't have to work the crowd. Didn't have to say, do you like me? How many likes you get? Didn't do that. But one thing about it, if, if, if Twitter were around, he'd be trending. <laughs> he'd be trending. Man, you hear about David? Man, he's blowing up. He went to no likes to like 10,000. Literally. Literally. People are like, man, you know, David, that's the boy. That's a, did you know what it is? Tending sheep to positions of prominence. Uh, we work for position, we look for the position of prominence, but we bypass faithful obedience. Faithful obedience. Well, what does that have to do with 21st century? It's got everything to do with it. I remember a, a theologian, I believe it was Tony Evans, he, says, he said, you know, in a marriage situation, and I always, and I like pancakes, that's why I, like, I remember it, uh, but he was talking about, he said, you know, you think, and he didn't even make it gender specific. He says, no, when you're making pancakes for your spouse, he said, you think you're just making pancakes. But rightly viewed, you're, you're, you're putting on a servant's hat, and you ought to make those pancakes to the glory and honor of God. Those, those should be the best pancakes you ever put together. You're whipping that boy. This is to the glory and honor of God. To the glory and honor of God. Let me flip that. Jesus' name. That's what a servant does. That's what a servant does when you're tied in to the one that, that you, see, see, I'm done, I promise you. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, we work in reverse. I hear you, I lowered, I, I believe, but uh, 
help my unbelief. Um, Israel's only savior. But now this is what the Lord says. This is the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. You can read it for your homework. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who forms you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You need a personal. I know that was a promise that was to the Jews. But I mean, if you're Erica, Nate, Tyra, Kiana, or who, Derek, Angela, whoever, I, I personalize that. It's like, Angela, when you pass through the fire, I'm going to be there. Mark, when, you, when the, the floods come up to your, when you think you're, go, you're, you're getting ready to drown, I'm going to be there. I'm going to give you some water wings. It's going to be good. It's going to be all right. Lord, uh, my ankles are getting wet now. I just, did I say I was going to be there? But I'm getting wet. Did I say I was going to be there? See, we, we, we trust as far as we can see. We trust as far as our bank account can take us. We, can, we trust as far as we want to trust. And God is like, forget it. Trust me in everything. In everything, your business, your relationships, your jobs, your finances, your lack of finances. Trust me. See if I, he, he said it, test me and see. See if I won't pour out a blessing into your lives. That's what he said. That's pretty bodacious. I mean, only, only God could, be, Jerry, I can't do that. You know, I, I, I can help you out as long as my bank account and my health will last. And one's going to give out, then the other will. But God said, trust me, test me, and see if I won't just, I won't pour out a blessing in your life. But what we do is we go pursue stuff, and they're like, God, why are you, why, are you, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? You never, the found, were you faithful and obedient at the very beginning? That's the start. You can, you can worry about, well, let me, put the, let me put the drapes up. Let me sure, make sure I have the wallpaper up and let me make sure the pictures are hung just right. Your foundation is crappy. Everything else doesn't matter. What's your foundation? What's your foundation? That, I'm, I'm done. That's it. Let's pray.